What's going on? Welcome to Totally Blitz Podcast. We going all the way to Kansas City, home of what some people say the best barbecue, to break down Max Holloway and Arnold Allen's fight night card here. As always, go down, like, and subscribe before you hop into this action. Drop your comments on your picks on this card and all bets you're making this weekend. I'm Paul, pick a win, I'm Concha, and I'm joined with... And I'm Kev. God damn, my lungs hurt some boy. <laughs> he did just take but a big hey, hey, you see when I asked that barbecue shit in the group chat? Oh, yeah, but they go to war about bar. It's like Texas, the Carolinas, Kansas City, and like Memphis, Nashville. Like, they, they, they'll go to war about they have the best barbecue. I, but did you see when I said that in the group chat? Yeah. I heard all because Max Holloway said that. So I didn't even check to see what they said back. Oh, yeah. They, they, they said it was definitely a top tier. I think a lawyer even said it was the best barbecue. Yeah, I know Max is probably – Max must have been at work. And they all taste different from what I heard, too. Like, it's not like they all taste the same. Like, when you go to each city, that's why, like, Kansas City barbecue sauce, St. Louis barbecue sauce, Texas barbecue sauce, like, they – each city makes it known that this barbecue sauce was from here. I, I do like me some Carolina gold. I ain't going to lie to you. See, the Carolinas, they've come in with this, the sleep hitters, too. That's what I'm saying. Like, each one has their own. Like, Alabama got their own barbecue sauce. Okay, Florida Royal barbecue sauce. <laughs> yeah, for real. Hey, they got the Daytona wings at Hooters. Don't sleep on them now. Dang. Okay, 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 okay. So, if we not, if you... If you're there, I hope you enjoy some motherfucking barbecue. But I'm got to be, what, 10, 10, 15 area codes away. What the fuck is going down, Paul? Kansas City. I didn't get to do too much research on this card. You feel me? Because my boy, the Blessed Express, is all we watching this weekend, man. I'm watching, I'm watching the prelims and all that. But there's a couple hitters on there. What's going on with the card, man? All right. Well, of course, we're going to start off with something different here. Instead of picking all the every pick on the card, we're going to come jump over to the cut man's corner because these are going to be the fights that are going to be exciting. These are the fights you should look out for outside of the main main and co-main co event. I'm going to start off with Percy, my fan favorite right here, my personal favorite fight. I just love me some Clay Gouda, bro. This would be his 35th pro, uh, 35th UFC fight. Jit's been was in the U.S. Uh, the tough season six. Uh, went to the finale and lost. I, I just like him because boy is like a marathon, man. He's a caveman, right? He's very durable. He's your favorite uncle. He just likes to bang. He just puts his head down, bites down on the mouthpiece, and just starts banging. He's very aggressive. Even at like 41 years old, Jit will walk forward. He's a good wrestler. He's very aggressive with his shoots. He'll make it dirty. He'll make it grimy. And like Rafa Garcia is a young prospect boxer who – uh, Clay Gouda just fought a boxer, so he's coming off a win too. So like, he's just being set up with another great fight person in front of him, where he could probably just stand and bang with this person, get very aggressive. Right. So you trying to tell me this motherfucker is forty one? Didn't you say you're like Strike Force champion or some shit? Back in 06, Strike Force champ over a uh, Bellator's fighter, Josh Thompson. Uh, the way all these things work. Bruh, do you understand that the Miami Heat starting lineup back then was Shaq? Donis Haslam, motherfucking Antoine Walker, Wayne Wade, and Jason Williams. And Clay Gouda was standing and banging with the best of them, right? That's insane. That's crazy. Alonzo Mourning coming off the bench. This is that was when Clay Gouda was winning championships. Yeah, and I, I mean, like, the, the wrestling, like, 
He's just like in his prime, he he really was a very good contender. Even even if he's old, but now that he's older, he's just you're just trying to watch him. Like, how much does he have left in the gas tank? And he has that caveman energy where like he just seems to. Every time you think he's gonna lose, I think he's been an underdog in almost all his last few fights, and like it doesn't matter. He still ends up winning somehow. I'm not winning all of them, but I mean three and two in his last five, I think. Bruh. Was Strike Force champion when George Bush was president? <laughs> I'm just saying, like, bro, he's he been through plenty of administrations. Right, he's, he's like 38 and 19, like 57 pro fight. That's insane. But Brett comes in here and he just bangs out with dude and really puts some pressure on him. I might shit my pants, especially if it doesn't knock out. I will. I will personally come on the podcast and show what what my shitted on pants because that would this is going to be insane. I'm definitely staying up for this fight. So man, right. we understand. Then, yeah, like I said that's our boy Clay Gouda, long hair, don't care, caveman style. Got to shout out that boy. First fight on the Cutman Corner. Mm-hmm. Let's take it back to the, what. What else you got in the Cutman's Corner for me, man? This one's on the prelims. It should be on the main card. It's two top five flyweights going at it. Number five, number four, uh, former LFA champ, Brandon Roy Vall, um, as you, one of the best ground fight, uh, one of the best BJJ fighters in the division. He got pop in his hands. Uh, really fun fighter all around. And he's going up against the newcomer in the UFC, Mateus Nicolau. Uh, this is his second stint in the UFC. He's 4-0 so far in his second stint, coming off a KO win against Matt Schnell. And actually kind of funny, both of these fighters are coming off wins off of Matt Schnell, uh, one via submission, one via knockout. So, and Matt Schnell's not a bad fighter at all. Like, he just, he just put on par with the I'm best. I'm saying Matt Schnell's the same. Matt Schnell's the dude that was getting his ass beat in a- Okay. Came back again, yeah. Like so, Matt Snell's a good fighter. So like, it's just funny to both coming off a good, uh, of crazy wins off of him, and it's Nicolau being the newcomer. He is a pretty big favorite, minus two hundred. The Roy Ball is plus one sixty. But I just think, I mean, this is a two top five flyweights right here, and they're going at it, and it's on the prelims. This is a fight that definitely should be on the main card. It, uh, I don't know how Daddy Dana put it on the prelims, but I'm gonna be here watching it. I can't wait for it. Damn, I didn't know there were two top fives. Like ranked top five or just top five, like stylistically. Ranked top five. One's uh, one's fifth, one's fourth. Wow, wow. Yeah, and uh, uh, I'm actually rooting for my boy Roy Vall here as the underdog of my betting people. And in a, another ranked matchup, this one that is getting into the prelims. We got Pedro Munoz versus Chris Gutierrez. Pedro Munoz, I believe, is ninth in bantamweight right now. And Chris Gutierrez is 13th. Gutierrez is the favorite. He's looking to move up in the division. He's coming off of, I mean, he ended Frankie Edgar's career. If you remember Frankie Edgar's last fight last year, Chris Gutierrez is the one that KO'd him viciously. Um, I mean, the KO before that over Donna, it was a spinning back fist KO. It was fucking nasty. He's he's like uh, Chris Gutierrez to me is kind of like the Yiri of bantamweight. He's just a wild man, and he has pop in his shots. He'll he'll throw, he'll throw the spinning back elbows. He'll throw the flying knees. He'll throw the the crazy shit that that you're not thinking about. And if it lands, it's fucking vicious. 
he's actually he's really fun to watch. He has that high Muay Thai stance. And then uh, Pedro Munoz, I mean, we saw him against Sean O'Malley. I don't think that's the best showing of him. But, I mean, he came in with a game plan. He was chopping down that fucking tree before the eye poke. And, I mean, he's ninth in Bantamweight. weight. His only loss is to hitters, Aljo, Frankie Edgar, Jose Aldo, Dominic Cruz. He has wins, KOs wins over Cody Garbrandt, Brian Calloway. Then he has a submission win over Rob Font. Uh, Pedro Munoz, fucking, uh, at one point, probably one of the most exciting fighters at Bantamweight. He he can roll with the best of them. He's a little smaller, five foot nine. But he has insane pop. He will he he works with boxers all the time, so his boxing real crisp. He'll hit the, the mean body shots, go up top, throw an elbow. Um, so I want this fight. Loki could be fireworks just because of the Gutierrez's wild style versus. Pedro Munoz is like Chris boxing technique. And the one thing I will say about Munoz is he's just slow. He's always been slow. He always will be slow. He's now he's 36. And I just want to see if he be able to keep up with the young, the young, because this is a young man's game. So I want to see if he keep up with my boy Gutierrez. But this is another low key fight of the night right here that's on paper. All right. So you pretty much, you're the reason why I put a tune in early for the prelims. You get nice and drunk at motherfucking seven o'clock. Yeah, so, I mean, this is actually one of the deeper fight night cards of the year. So, those are the couple fights that I'm watching. And then uh, the last fight before we get into the co-main and main event, I guess uh, this one's not not really slept on. I mean, it's the third third last fight. It's right before the co-main event. You got Dustin Jacoby, number 13 ranked light heavyweight, going up against uh, Marzuk- Marzukian, Marzukinov. I can't really say his name, but 12-0 Russian. This fight literally is going to go one of two ways. Either Dustin Jacoby is going to use his jab and just hit box from the outside, and it'll be a three-round decision. But if Marzakhanov does anything that he's done in his last couple fights is he'll let you win the first two rounds, and then you're waiting. You're looking at him like, why is he fucking taking this shit off? And then he'll come in with a fucking mean, a mean hook or something in the third round. It's gonna knock out the opponent. He's a, a Russian sambo fighter. He's uh, one gold. This man got hands. He got heavy hands. He's a sh- he's short. He's short. He's only five foot ten at light heavyweight. He doesn't have that long of a reach. But he's okay with walking back the whole fight until he loads all your data. And then he's gonna hit you with some vicious ass shot. That's probably gonna end it. So this fight's either gonna go three rounds. Dustin Jacoby wins all three rounds, um, or Marzanov is gonna hit him with a fucking one and two piece. That's gonna end the fight in the third or second round. So that's what I'm paying attention to for these light heavyweights. Mm-hmm. But this is interesting. Kia is too looking at his record, so I was like, oh, we seen him fight at UFC 272, the fight of the first card we ever um, podcasted about. But the fight, that was against Kobe Covington, and then the fight before that was it, um, was Kobe Covington um, a main event, too, so I'm like, damn, that boy just loved to go to a Kobe Covington fight. He might be, he might win this and then fight in London on the Leon Edwards Kobe card. As long as Leon ain't scared. Oh no, man! I mean, Leon definitely don't want to fight him, bro. I'm not gonna lie to you, but fuck that. He gonna get out there. But all right, boys, let's wrap up. 
this UFC Kansas City. Let's jump into these two last fights. We got so we got that. No, I was saying we got um the co-main event and the main event. Oof, oof. So which one? So we get into the co-main event first. We got that boy Edson Barbosa versus how do you, um how do you say his last name? Billy Quarantino. We just call him Billy Q over here. Eight one three product, South Gracie, Tampa. I was about to say they're both coming out of Florida when it because um Edson Barbosa trains at American Top Team. Oh yeah, he does train American Top Team. Ah uh, well, I mean, if you know anything about Barbosa is all time great lightweight, all time great fighter, kickboxer. Moved to featherweight. Hasn't really had the most success as featherweight, but I mean, he's still doing the damn thing. He's he's two and uh, two and five in his last seven. It's two wins over Shane Burgos when he knocked him out bad, and then another win over Marquan Arkmahani. But I mean, his losses are to like Paul Felder, Justin Gaethje, Bryce Mitchell, Giga, Dan Ige. He's Kevin Lee, Habib Nurmagomedov. Like I mean, he's down. I mean, he's only lost to like great fighters. It's not like, but he's always made every fight competitive. That boy beat Dan Hooker now. <laughs> hey, he knocked out Dan Yeah, like and it was only a doctor stoppage against um Kevin Lee. Yeah, and if you really go down his record and resume, like he honestly has one of the deepest resumes in USC with everyone he's fought. I mean, he may not beat everybody, but everyone he's fought. His first UFC fight was at UFC 123. Rampage versus Machida. That shit is crazy. Yeah, so, I mean, this is our second vet on the card. We also shout out Clay Gouda. We talked to him earlier. This is Edson Barboza. These are two people that they will be in the Hall of Fame when it's all said and done. That boy headlined the fucking card against Giga when he got busted. Yeah, he got busted pretty bad against the Giga fight. <laughs> His last two have been pretty bad. The loss to Bryce Mitchell and the loss to Giga was two very hard to watch fights for if you're a Barbosa fan. I was I was a Bryce Mitchell fan, so I was great for me to watch. But what's up with that boy? Um, ooh, that boy Billy Q. He don't got too many recent losses. He don't got losses like that in general. Yeah, I mean, he, 2019 Dan and White Contender Series, uh, season three, I believe, came off of that, got his contract. Uh, after that, went on like a four fight win streak, uh, a couple knockouts, a submission, and one of them over Kyle Nelson, a Canadian, actually a pretty good fighter. And then his, after that, he did lose to Shane Burgos, Hurricane Shane, now in the PFL, still waiting on his debut. And Gavin Tucker, but I mean, he he kind of right right those wrongs with his two wins. His last win against Alexander Hernandez. Alexander Hernandez is a really tough fight for anybody, and Billy Q just kind of like swarmed him. Like I mean, after he felt like like Billy Q is really good at like hurting you, but the moment he hurts you, he goes in like he swarms you, looks for the finish, and he got Alexander Hernandez up out of there, and kind of like. I want to say he ended it on the feet. Like, the, the, it was a standing KO. Like, the, the Alexander's face was all cut up, all fucked up, and the, um, they just had to stop the fight because he wasn't defending himself on his feet anymore. And Billy Q was just teeing the fuck off. And 
I mean, yeah. he's pretty electric. This is gonna be another electric fight. Like they knew they set this one up perfect. They got an old, an older Barbosa who can still bang with anybody. Like if you're just gonna kickbox and just let him like chop your leg down, because like Edson Barbosa will chop your fucking leg down. Like he will throw one of the meanest leg kicks there is. Versus Billy Q, who doesn't throw many leg kicks or anything. Leg like he has a good body kick, but he's gonna throw hands. So it's gonna be a fun kind of clash of like hands versus legs here young versus old like this billy this is a great gatekeeper match if billy q can't get past barbosa then we kind of know what we got in him right now but if he can show that he can stand up and knock out barbosa we might have another real deal fighter at featherweight here okay hey man coming out of tampa crazy south that's not too far from your house no, South Tampa, baby. I mean, you're way closer to my house now that I actually just moved into South Tampa. Where are you going to Gracie South? I have to go soon. I got my boy Billy Q there. They got my boy Matt Steen Rolla. So I'm gonna have to I'm gonna have to check it out. I have to see who, who I know the teachers there are super raw. Yeah, I'm about to say you run into a raw as teacher. Henry Hoof might go there to um to um to um conference. might have conferences over there and shit. I'm gonna have to rock I'm rocking with Billy Q all the way. And I got him by KO just because I think Barbosa's getting old. And I think Billy Q's just going to swarm him, bro. This man is, is – if you start drowning, he's he's going to put your head down. Like, I don't know. I, I just gotta, you got to watch him. I always think it's crazy when you look at ages and shit like that. I also think experience comes in, like, because Barbosa's been in so many wars. Um, That's another thing. But, like, it's crazy because, like, Barbosa's 37, but Billy Q's 34. But motherfucking, what, mm-hmm. I feel like once you're at 35, those, those, they, that decline is crazy. But it's not even sometimes the age, it's just more about the miles you put on. If you've been oh. in wars after wars, like your, your chin, your durability, it all starts to go. So, like, that's why, I, like, Barbosa, like Gouda, like, it's just shocking that they're still able to keep fight as competitive as they can. But the fact that they've been mm-hmm. over, like, 20 UFC fight. And then we got our main event here, Max Holloway versus Arnold Allen. We got Blast Express versus uh what is it? I think is it Mighty Mouse? I don't know if it's Mighty Mouse. Uh but Arnold Allen, I mean, don't sleep on him. 19 and 1. Probably one of the smaller names at Featherweight compared to like Josh Emmett, Yair, but I mean he's just as dang- he's just as good as them. Just as dangerous, maybe even better. Who knows? But he's going up against Max Holloway, who, if everything goes right, if he gets this win, he he probably moves on to fight the Volk Yair winner. And if Max Holloway gets this win, I mean, he's kind of submitting his claim to, like, he, like I, I, I say he's like the Robert Whitaker to the vision. Like, he submitted his claim that if he knocks out someone else in the top five, like, don't waste your time fighting these guys. Like, I'm like I don't know. Like I feel like he's trying to make it claim that he should get another title shot, even though the last title shot, everyone feels like he the Volkanovski closed the door on that because it was a real badass whooping in that last one. Oh yeah, I mean, Max is my dog, the Blessed Express. You feel me? You can't fuck with him. That's my homie. I fuck with bro, but it's just it's just tough to think about what's next and. In- the division if he does get this win. But we can't sleep on Arnold Allen even slightly. Motherfucking, there's 10 wins in a row. 
second longest um second longest active win streak because motherfuckers have been taking L's. He has he has he beat the fuck out of Calvin Hater, beat Dan Hooker, motherfucking who else does he have on here? Oof, my boy ain't got no names on here. Sadek Yusuf, he's a good fighter. Gilbert Merlendez, another good fighter. Both of those were unanimous decisions. So this is his chance to really step up and say, yo, I'm champ material. I can end that. You know how UFC loves to push a, a London, a fighter from motherfucking London or anything like that. Some motherfucking, this is his chance to really make something shake. But he has, it's just sad that he has to go through my dog, Max. Cause there's, cause it's funny that it's funny how the rankings work. Cause if Max is number two, Yair is number one, but Max is beating Yair. But like, so it's just crazy how the motherfucking rankings work. But Arnold Allen wants to take to take a chance to get to the championship. He has to go. But I feel like it comes down to fight style. Like, Max is just a pure, somebody that's so nice, pure striker. He considers himself the best motherfucking boxer in the UFC. Like, what can Arnold Allen do about that? See, Arnold Allen, though, the one thing with Max is he has to hit that flow state. And once he hits that flow state, there's no going back. If you let him get into his comfortable comfortable zone, he's gonna get better in the second round, the third round, the fourth round, the fifth round, and he's gonna get the Namus decision. I mean, look what he did to Calvin Cater, look what he did to Brian Ortega. But if you make it uncomfortable for Max, like Volkanovski has and all his things, and even if it's early on to assert power or something. He is not the same Max. And that's what Arnold Allen can do. Arnold Allen has very, very heavy hands that he can dig He can dig into shots with. And the reason why I say it's not the same Max is because Max is used to throwing. Like he literally set the record for significant strikes in a fight and then just broke it in his next fight. Like he's, If you let him get his comfortability, he will throw like an insane 500, 600 strikes, 700 strikes. But if you could impose power, he's not going to throw that many strikes because now he has to pay attention. I'm glad you said that because Max has 2,975 significant strikes, most in the UFC ever. He's 25 strikes away from 3,000 significant strikes. That's insane. Yeah, and he's 1,100 more than the next guy. It's not even close to uh, the first and second place. The second place guy has a thousand seven hundred and something, and he has twenty nine hundred right now. So <laughs> he's more than likely gonna get more than twenty five this fight. So I mean, like, he's definitely put himself into the case that he's a one. boxer. But everyone can always say his two, his losses to Dustin Poirier. You know, Dustin Poirier was also in a weight class above him the second time. Um, Max had to go up and fight him. The first time, he was still young. It was still a young Max, but it was also a young Dustin. But, I mean, I don't take too much. It was a grain of salt with that one. And I don't know. I just think this is going yeah. to be a very tough test because he fights – He Alan, Alan fights very similar to Volkanovski where he's okay to be the counter striker and let you get a couple shots in, but he's going to land something real clean on the get out. And that's mm. what I want to see is, is he going to ha- – does he have the power to, like, really – hurt max because then i could see him taking the one but if he does if if max is just enters that state he this could be like a 4-1 max holloway unanimous decision where we're sitting here by the third round like where someone stopped this fight he's not touching max holloway 
like he's not like he's swinging and missing because Max Holly doesn't knock you out. He has some people will say pillow hand. So like, but it it looks it looks terrible when you're watching it because he doesn't watch it. Someone get their ass beat and there's nothing they can do about it. Like for 25 minutes. That's crazy because when you look at Max's numbers, he has what one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. So seven straight, seven straight motherfucking decisions. And then, but his first, he got the doctor stoppage against Brian Ortega, the two KOs, two KOs to um, Jose Aldo and the um KO when he won um, when when he fought Anthony Pettis, and that's all beginning his championship run. So it's kind of crazy to sit down and. It's very similar to like Izzy in a sense. Like he's just like that. Fuck it, I'm throwing hands with niggas now. The difference though is Izzy's more of a counter striker than anything else. Whereas Max is the gonna he he's gonna swing first, second, third, fourth, and fifth. Like he's not waiting uh, for you to make 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 a mistake and counter strike. Like that's why people love Max Holloway's because he's he's gonna bring the pressure even if it means he's gonna get hit. Hell yeah, we love it, man. But yeah, and this card, in this fight, I gotta take the blessed, the blessed express. I'm going with blessed, man. I got to. That's my dog. I'm taking Max Holloway as well. I just think, especially because Arnold Allen, uh, last fight was supposed to be his first five round fight. He ends it in like the first or second round, and the one, the, his last decision fight, I think it was against Melendez. His ass, or was it Sodik Yusuf? It was against one of them. He looked exhausted going into the third round. So his cardio maybe his gas tank may be an issue. So, and if you know Max, yeah, he's, he's the king of cardio, and oh, yeah. he's the king of getting better in the fourth and fifth round. So yeah, I mean, I, it's just like if Arnold Allen has to come in early, set the tone, and I just don't see that happening. And if it does happen, I'm not gonna say I'll be shocked because I mean I'm t- I'm telling you how I see his way of victory. So if he comes in early and hurts Max. This may, I would, I'm gonna be like fuck. This is, we may be in for a long night, but I do think as the fight goes on, he wears down Arnold, and the cardio picks up, and Max enters that flow state. It's just gonna, it's gonna be smooth sailing. I think I got him a decision win right here. I got a definite. I got a unanimous too. I think Max Holloway is somebody that just gets better. I don't think he's ever going to stop making moves. Like the fact that during COVID, he was fighting and he was fighting. He was um he was training himself like pretty much because they couldn't because he couldn't move because I want to say he was in Hawaii, but they couldn't leave so he was pretty much doing his own training and came back and did what he did to complicate Like Max mm. Holloway is somebody that doesn't need a hundred people in his year. He doesn't need none of that. He needs he gets up and gets motivated. And even when you look back at the um when he looks back at the um the Volk fight, he's not making any excuses. He's saying that like. I need to do. I need to get this fourth fight because I know I feel like I can beat him. But I'm not making no excuses for losing the third. I know I need there are things I need to get better at, and I'm working on them. So Max, and, and I mean, man, everyone loves that boy. Blessed is not to be fucked with, man. I'm taking my boy blessed. <laughs> yeah, and and Arnold, I'm, I'm if Arnold Allen hits him with a mean one, I won't be shocked. I'm, I'm giving my boy Max Holloway and Amos decision, and especially third, fourth, and fifth, I think you'll see a, a difference in two fighters in the third, fourth, and fifth. We got to come out with some blessed express tees. Just wait on it. Uh, and then, uh, I mean, other than that, stay tuned for the Clay Gouda fight, Barbosa versus 
Billy Q, Dustin Jacoby versus Marzananoff, uh, Pedro Munoz, Chris Gutierrez, and Brandon Roy Vaughn versus Mateus Nicolau. I mean, those are my cut man fights along with the co-main and main event. But, I mean, there ain't shit else to say except for enjoy UFC Kansas City. Y'all better be eating on the finest of barbecues when the fight night starts. Get the best beer out as well. Uh, this has been Totally Blitz Podcast. This is Paul Pick and Wyndham Conchev joining with Kev, Waterboy, Street Fight Enthusiast, Savoy. And if y'all didn't know, well, now y'all know, motherfucker.